Welcome to the Ashenden Anemometer, as at the 22nd of May, 2021. Are you sitting comfortably? Yes, that blanket over the legs is still a good idea. Winds of change blew in in May, quite literally. We had very few days where the gusting dropped below 30 miles per hour, and around the 4th and the 9th it was well over 40 miles per hour both those days. Similarly, on the 20th to the 21st. At half past four on the 9th, that's afternoon time, a short 71.5 miles per hour gust blew in from the southeast, beating the February 2017 record, however briefly. That scores 11 for Mr Beaufort's team. However, thankfully, just as the AA's headquarters underwent a major refurbishment of its external weatherboarding, both gusting and rain were mercifully at a minima. The digital anemometer and the old faithful mechanical cups were taken down and offline for four days. Rufus wielded a plethora of light three-metre-long cladding strips, reporting no difficulties or of any sailing off across the fields. That's the cladding strips, not builders. Capricious lulls in weather, for which we are all very grateful. The rain gauge has been back in harness, recouping from its slack, slackening last month, recording 102.6 millimetres, or naught point naught two naught four naught naught nine rods. Did you get that? I'll just repeat it. Naught point naught two naught four naught naught nine rods. You see, all you die-hard remainers, we really do know how to measure in the UK. Or, if the wee terrier has her way, dis UK. Just have a guess at Scotland's main source of income after taxing oil, which is gradually being blacklisted. Oh, well done you! Yes, your favourite tipple. Whiskey. Long may they float on that. I digress. Let's get back to business. Air quality has dropped dropped up a point or two. That's a bit of a tautology, isn't it? Over the past few days. And at an AQI of 47, that's the AQI has gone up, which means the air quality is going down. It's still moderate here in both Ashenden and Aylesbury. Compare that with the three figures AQI in Beijing and Delhi. Quality there is a real misnomer. Perhaps cargenicity. Carcinogenicity? Yes, that's better. Oh, it's not really. Roughly 100 people a day die of air pollution-related causes in the UK. Scale this up for those aforementioned two capitals and it should give you an interesting comparison with our daily virus statistics. As for Hector, he's been out rabbiting most days. The weather doesn't seem to put him off his hunting. He comes back often very damp and completely exhausted. Leaves what remains of his latest rabbit kill. Uh, He does actually eat them, by the way. Uh, Leaves them on the mat for the kites and magpies magpies, and heads for his favourite perch. 
the record gust coincided with his record catch of four leverets. During the sustained gusting, he was proudly bringing back three a day. On the arrival of four roofers on his territory, that had him sloping off and remaining doggo in the bushes. Or do I mean catto? You choose. I suspect this is due to limits as just to how many alpha cats he's prepared to share his catch with. Anyway, wind abated greatly during his head-hunting hiatus. The Fitzroy Stormglass got a wipe-down and a close inspection by a troop of obviously meteorologically inclined ants. Sorry, it got a wipe-down after a close inspection by a troop of obviously meteorologically inclined ants. You can't expect the ants to go wiping it down, however meteorologically inclined they are. Anyway, it is looking a bit dull and flumpy. Not sure if it's following the climate or the cat or both. Look, let's sum up this month. Maximum gust, 71.5 miles per hour. An all-time record. Hooray! Both at Telltales, record gusts too brief to register damage. A technical 11 downgraded to a realistic 5. Room for improvement. The rain gauge, 102.6 millimetres. Rods of rain return. I knew I'd like that. AQI, 47. Again, Ashenden Air excels. Or is that... Ashton Air is exhaled. Well, both, actually. Stormglass, flumpy flocculence. Unusual antics. Oh, I'll groan on your behalf. Groan. Okay. Enough? Good. Hectorization, eight. Headhunting continues apace. Now, this month, we are beginning a new series entitled Strange Storms. We will approach them very carefully and alphabetically, as you never know what storms will blow in, except in this case, their first letter. And because you are all so excited, we're kicking off with something out of this world. Auroral substorms. You see, I knew you'd be so excited. Always something extra special for you from the AA's Cutting Edge Research Team. Auroras are a marvel to behold but deciphering their complex interactions that take place to cause this display is challenging. New research using data from multiple spacecraft has revealed the cause behind the sudden brightening of the auroral oval before it breaks up into a substorm. On Earth, auroras occur when the solar wind, a stream of charged particles continually released by the sun into interplanetary space, interacts with our planet's magnetic field to produce an array of colour in the polar night skies. High-energy particles collide with gases in the atmosphere and raise the energy levels of atoms and particles there. As these decay back to their normal energy levels, they emit colourful light that is visible as the aurora. The solar wind is a plasma made up of charged particles, negatively charged electrons and positively charged ions embedded with a magnetic field. When the solar wind reaches Earth and is met by the planet's magnetosphere, 
which is the, the protective magnet, magnetic field that envelops our planet and stretches out into space. The wind compresses said magnetosphere on the Earth's sun-facing side and creates a magnetopause containing most, uh, causing most particles to flow around the planet and drag the magnetosphere out into a long tail on the night side. Where the magnetic field from the solar wind interacts with the um, magnetosphere at the magnetopause, it is possible for some solar wind particles to enter the magnetosphere. The magnetic fields in the magnetotail become stretched and then pinched together in a process known as magnetic reconnection. This releases energy and accelerates charged particles back towards the Earth to create what scientists refer to as the auroral substorm. Are you following that? Good. Observing Earth from space, the aurora appears as an oval around the poles, which is visible to an observer on the ground as a quiescent glow. Have you ever seen one? Quite beautiful. A substorm is the phenomena by which the dormant aurora springs to life through sudden brightening and increased movement. Just before the oval breaks up into a substorm, an auroral streamer, a small arc, moves towards the equator and localised brightening occurs at the inner edge of the oval. The latest research shows this localised brightening, which has been something of a mystery since the 60s, is effectively due to a short circuit in the plasma flow. Shocking, isn't it? Well, so now you know. That's all from me, Richard Phillips. Generally 158 metres above sea level, except during facier boarding work when I was definitely above 160 metres reaffixing the sensors. Now, definitely looking forward to getting down and downing that, getting down to and downing that indoor shandy at the 100. Gosh, I need it. Right, see you again soon. Bye for now.